0: Hello and a warm welcome to the first Harmony UK podcast feature of 2020. My name's John Beasley, offering you a warm welcome because it is a very cold day here in South London. I'm in Southwark, an area which is peppered with theatres. Just off to my left is the Young Vic and less than half a mile away to the north along the banks of the Thames is Shakespeare's Globe but we're here to visit the Union Theatre which has a brand new production just opened it's a musical updating of the famous 19th century novel Tom Brown's School Days now intriguingly the score includes a couple of traditional barbershop numbers uh, among the music which is being performed and even more intriguingly the musical director is a man who's graced the Babs convention stage as a chorus singer on at least one occasion. Let's go and meet him, shall we?
1: Do a bit of uh, spinal rolls. do some uh, semi-supine, that sort of thing. Just make sure you're physically engaged and vocally engaged on the start of five minutes. Hi there, I'm Ralph Foreman. I'm the musical director and arranger on Tom Brown's School Days, and I also play the role of Stebbins, the choral master. And we're in the Union Theatre now,
0: in a rehearsal room, a large rehearsal room above the theatre, which looks as though it's built into a railway arch, is that right?
1: Yes, the uh, the theatre used to actually be over the road at the old Union Theatre space, uh, but it has since moved over to this space, and yes, beneath uh, beneath the railway tracks. And for those who don't know the the novel. It's quite a famous novel, but I think for a certain generation. Don't know it well. Just just give us a little background. So Tom Brown's School Days is set in an English public school. Uh, Originally Thomas Hughes' novel was set during the Victorian era. Our story follows the modern, updated version uh, as led by the black and white 1940s film uh, set in the years leading up to World War II. We follow uh, the story of Tom Brown, who is a new boy uh, joining the school um, and becoming aware of the customs and the rules that he has to follow as a new boy at rugby school.
0: And if the rehearsal rooms themselves have the industrial feel of a railway arch, well in the small auditorium below, the audience could be forgiven for thinking themselves in a seat right inside the headmaster's study tom brown's school days is part of a classic season of plays which this year is tied to the 75th anniversary of the end of the second world war sasha regan is the union Theatre's artistic director
2: well it's a small uh, studio theater under the railway arches in southwark um we've been here for three years and we um over the course of a year Um, host musicals, new writing and plays and try and offer our audience a nice mix of of productions that they might want to come and see.
0: And what was it that particularly attracted you then to this production of Tom Brown's School Days?
2: It's a new adaptation by uh, Phil Wilmot and he always writes beautifully accessible pieces of theatre and uh, the lovely thing is that you've got your grandparents and parents that might have enjoyed these books way back when, bringing their children and their grandchildren to come in co- coming to see it. You know, the idea with the classic season is that we uncover um, scripts or books that haven't been done in a long time and reintroduce them to a new modern audience.
3: In the plot, um, most of the teachers have um, been called up and gone to fight in the Second World War and uh, Dr Arnold, the headmaster, has been pulled out of retirement to run the school. Phil Wilmot who adapted the novel and directs the play. He, uh, in his words, what's he say, he says, um, the, last, the last war was run by a number of jackasses. I don't intend for this school to contribute to their number. So he has this whole thing about teaching the boys to be honourable and not to lie and to stand up for themselves. Um, and certainly on the first preview, uh, audiences were kind of uh, really giggling at that because uh, I, I suspect they think that today's crop of public school boys uh, aren't taught those values.
4: Hand in
0: your ration books to your new choir master, Mr. Stebbins, on your way out. And if you have any black market confectionery or other contraband hidden amongst your possessions, don't get found out.
3: It was a strange thing having the rehearsals. Really, we started off rehearsing it before the general election, when it was a play about slightly strange, exotic people from our near past, and then the British people overwhelmingly voted that they still wanted to be ruled by um, millionaire public schoolboys, so what was a period piece, although it's still set in period, now really looks at the mentality of the people that we've chosen to rule us. You've changed the period though, haven't you, because the original book was about the 1830s, it's now about the 1930s. Uh, Well, it was about the 1940s, yes. um, I was Mm. looking for a piece which was about the upper class in the Second World War, and uh, all the usual suspects uh, the rights weren't available so i was thinking for instance the boys in the battle of britain what would they have read in their formative years what would the, what would be in their minds and um, tom brown school days although it was written a hundred years before this public school life had changed very little and it was still it was still a had a regular place on um, the bookshelves of nurseries and schoolrooms, and it's very likely that the the offices in uh, the battle of britain had read it as children or had seen the popular film so i thought this would be a very interesting way of examining their psyche by setting this this school days adventures in their school days
0: so where does barbershop and more specifically ralph warman with his history of singing with choruses from babs the british association of barbershop singers fit into all this
1: when I did my undergraduate uh, in music back in 2010, I, uh, I went to Manchester University and in my first year I uh, vividly remember hearing the University of Manchester's uh, barbershop singers performing in several concerts and, uh, and this was um, a type of music that I was familiar with but, but never had really sort of listened to in any great detail. And I was just completely taken, Being coming from quite a, a musical theatre background myself, with a father who's also a musical director and a mother who's an actress, I was immediately captivated by the performance side of barbershop music that isn't as prevalent in choral music. And so I decided that in my second year of university that I must join this, uh, this chorus. And was very fortunate that it was that year that the chorus then uh, went up to Sheffield and uh, joined... Uh, in a project called Project Horizon with uh, Hallmark of Harmony, and it's it's from there that sparked many years of then going to conventions and really built up my love of barbershop. So you were on the convention stage, Hallmark of Harmony. I don't I, I think they quite won that year, did they? No, but extraordinarily, they they moved from tenth place to third place that year, and we didn't have anything to do with that, I'm sure. But um, <laughs> but it was it was certainly. A wonderful feeling to have been in the year that they, they jumped so far ahead in the leaderboard. So, did you, did you then continue with the barbershop bug? I mean, what, what happened when you left Manchester University? So, I was in a quite strange place in my, my final year of university. I had, as you say, been caught by this bug of barbershop, and I, I, I was desperate not to let it slip away and I was very fortunate to, uh, to meet two members of the Knights of Harmony Chorus at the convention that year, who sauntered up to me in their bright yellow jackets and, uh, and were, were beaming and, and very friendly and immediately started telling me about their chorus in Chesham. And uh, not wanting to lose this, uh, this opportunity, I decided to give it a go and, uh, and to go and join another chorus, which obviously seemed like a bit of a step away, having sung with a hallmark for almost three years. But I I bit the bullet and I went to my first rehearsal there and immediately fell in love with the chorus members. Uh, They were very friendly, very accommodating and I was taken on as uh, both assistant chorus director and uh, joint bass section leader. So I felt that I had a a strong role to play within the chorus as well as having a a new barbershop family to, to be with i think your your experience with them is is a fantastic advert for barbershop in itself but i'm i'm wondering
0: those performance skills that you picked up and the, and the insights that you got from university how much of that comes through to your direction of barbershop in this production i
1: mean let, let's let's begin are we talking about a quartet singing tom brown school days is described as a musical adaptation it's not a musical but I think it's probably the closest one can get to a musical without being a musical. The music within the show ranges from barbershop to more traditional hymn music and popular song, and the ensemble sizes also vary quite a bit in the show. For one of the songs, This Little Light of Mine, We initially started with a large ensemble and went for a very musical theatre, very up-tempo gospel arrangement of it. It then went through various iterations and became a four-part, more standard barbershop piece. More recently, it's developed an organ accompaniment for the first half which then becomes a piano accompaniment and there are a few more singers who have joined the mix but at its core it is still a four-part barbershop arrangement.
0: And and, and what part does it play? Does it change the mood in, in in the story or in the production? Does it signal anything about the, the, the boys
1: or the masters or the story? Well, I think music is, is a wonderful thing and its power to change our emotion and change the way we view things is incredible and is, is part of the reason music has such an important role in my own life. The songs that are within the show have been specifically chosen because of how they tie into the storyline at specific moments and help to introduce certain characters. At the moment that this letter, Light of Mine, is sung, we are introduced to the sixth form, who consists of Brooke, the head boy, and the three bullies, Flashman, Sneerwell, and Crusher. And this song serves as an introduction to them, but also an introduction to their characters and who they are. The English public schools at the time of the 1930s-40s were very much rooted in uh, traditional hymn singing, very religious places. The masters would insist and implement that the children went to chapel almost every morning. And so the idea of choral singing is something that reflects the masters' ideals and what they demanded and wanted to shape within the students. Whereas barbershop music was very, very new at that time. It had only just come over from America. It was the hot new thing. And so within the show, barbershop music represents that hip, new, cool, immediate, fresh new thing. And so we felt that barbershop music was the best way to represent the sick form, and what is hip, and what is new, and what is exciting. On
4: Monday, he gave me the gift of love. Tuesday, peace came from above. Wednesday, he told me to have more faith. And on Thursday, he brought me the gift of grace. My name is Miko Wan and I play Brooke in Tom Brown's School Days. I'm one of the formers, but I actually am the head boy of uh, rugby school. I sing the solo in This Little Light of Mine and then I sing the tenor one line in Please Don't Talk About Me When I'm Gone.
0: And had you any experience of, of, of Barbershop before you came to this production?
4: A little bit. I had a friend who was in a barbershop group, and he would just kind of, for fun, kind of teach me things. Because, you know, we, we both did musical theater together, and he would just kind of teach me things. Yeah, I kind of dabbled here and there, but nothing long-term. How does it compare, then, to the other sort of of, of, of singing that
0: you've done in, in musical theater?
4: Well, barbershop, uh, I feel, is a lot more... It's very precise. For me, when it comes to musical theater, there's kind of room for the harmonies to kind of be waffled around with a little bit I guess but with Barbershop it's just so like you have to kind of be on it otherwise it just won't have that sound if that makes sense
0: it does so you actually try and ring the chords out there on stage
4: yeah yeah and so I know for please don't talk about me when I'm gone Where just before we're singing the song we're actually kind of back behind this flat here and I'm I kind of had the pitch pipe in my hand. I was like, okay, here are the harmonies, guys. Just kind of s- softly giving the chord. And then get ready. One, two, three. And then we go. And so it's it's kind of daunting, really, just because just you have to get it right. Otherwise, it just won't have that sound, as I've mentioned before. That,
0: that, that tune-up is all important beforehand. That, that's going to sound very familiar to a lot of barbershoppers who are listening to this. Exactly. The other thing, of course, you, you describe it as daunting, but... For, for amateurs who get on stage and, and sing at conventions and things, the thing they experience is, is just the thrill and the fun from doing it. And I'm just wondering whether those sort of emotions translate into professional theatre when you're doing it every night.
4: Oh, absolutely. I mean, for, for me personally, when you finish a song and it's just, it just so like, so there and it's so crisp and it you know you can kind of you kind of kind of clock the audience's reactions too and you just kind of see them kind of swaying along and kind of smiling yeah there's just no better feeling than knowing that you've you know kind of done a good job with it please don't talk about me when i'm gone when i'm gone oh fellas though
5: our friendship ceases from now on from now on i'm hudson brown and i play tom brown you're, you're, ah, so so we we actually have the the, the, the
0: main character here. The, the, the I'm just going to say the the star, but um. is definitely
5: not the star of the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, uh, I, I, I will stress it's a very ensemble piece, mm-hmm. and all my friends are like, "Oh my god, you must have had to learn so many lines." I'm like, uh, "Actually, not so many. It's pretty much. It's a bit like the History Boys in the way that every scene is set in the classroom, it's set in in the playground with all the all the lads together, and so." Um, uh, so it's got a really nice ensemble feel to it. It's not like Hamlet where Tom Brown's just giving soliloquies for like three hours. <laughs>
0: <laughs> does Does that ensemble go to the the the, the general feeling around the, the the piece? I mean, when when you're rehearsing, uh, if if somebody takes up one of these these songs, do you all find yourselves joining in and singing?
5: Um, a little bit. I mean, to be honest, we pretty much all of us sing in all of the songs. I think me and uh, Sam, who plays East. Uh, who's Tom's best friend in the play, we're the two that actually don't sing as much as the others. Um, so if anyone's singing in the audience, it's me and Sam um, singing along to it. Uh, and some of that, particularly the barbershop songs, are very entertaining and very fun to sing along to. We're
1: parting, you go your way, I'll go mine,
4: it's best that we do.
0: The big question, of course, is not what the cast makes of it, but how the audience
1: is reacting to the songs. The show's musical director, Ralph Warman. We've only had one performance, actually, so we opened on Saturday night to a full house, which was wonderful, and we've had a lovely reaction to to the music within the show. I was perhaps slightly tentative coming to the project. Firstly, having having never professionally musically, musically directed a show before, I was slightly, as one might expect, quite daunted, Um, but I was also, I suppose, slightly anxious of the fact that the director was specifically looking for actors who could sing rather than actors with a musical theatre or a stronger singing background. And so I've been so overwhelmed and impressed by how well the cast have learnt this new material and the standard to which they're singing it, and I think that really comes across to the audience who have responded very, very highly to the music, and have been captured by the sound of the music, and as I say, how it links to the story and what's going on at those specific moments in the show. And do the people who are singing the songs understand? Have you tried to impart to them the the,
0: the, the nuances of Barbershop, the importance of the ringing chords, that sort of thing?
1: Yes, I mean it's always so interesting when you introduce uh, singers to a new style of music and what the various um, rules within that type of music are. I made a point of very early on in the process, um, I was uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, to meet the uh, the Ringmasters when they came to the Knights of Harmony and did a workshop with us. And within their workshop, they sang us uh, a warm-up that they do to prepare and to, uh, to really focus on, as you say, that ringing sound. And so I found this on YouTube and played it to the cast and we learnt it and so within our warm-ups we would do the ringmasters warm-up in order to get that bright twangy ringing sound I also taught them uh, the lone prairie tag and within the end of uh, please don't talk about me when you when I'm gone we use a traditional barbershop ending and we have the slide outwards in octaves going up to the high ringing chord at the end. So, yes, I, I've tried to uh, impart as many little nuggets of barbershop into what has been quite a fast and, and pressurized but fun learning experience.
0: Please don't talk about me when I'm gone. When are they enjoying it? Are are you starting to sing tags at the end of rehearsals or for a bit of a break or anything like that?
1: Well, I think now that we've started the run, obviously the pressure is slightly off. Once we start to get into the swing of things, I think it would be nice to sort of be able to introduce a few more tags into rehearsals. Uh, We have a a song which is not barbershop, but uh, which a few barbershoppers may know, uh, which is Bella Mama. Uh, Bella Mama, Bella Mama, hey... Bella Mama, Bella Mama, hey, and so on. People may know that one. And we sing that as a canon within our warm-ups. And then I get all of the, uh, once we're split into three to a part, I get everybody to walk around the space. And so the sound sort of starts to sort of blend and intertwine. And it's really interesting seeing how people hang on to their parts when they're moving around other parts that aren't singing the same thing.
0: to get your take on barbershop and its future within theatre and and musical theatre because of course people within the barbershop community all look back to the Music Man in the 1950s and the impact that it had on on making quartets like the Cordettes and the Buffalo Bills, household names, of, of bringing barbershop to the fore, of putting it on radio and TV and so on. Was that a one-off for its time, or do you think anything like that could ever happen again?
1: Well, I mean, it's, it's certainly something that I think many of us would hope for, and I think what's so wonderful about this production is the opportunity to bring to the forefront so many different styles of music. I was drawn to this project because of the music, because of the opportunity to arrange barbershop music as well as choral music, both of which I'm so fond of and both of which are so much ingrained within my childhood and within my musical learning and, and, and how I've come to be as a musician now. And so I would hope that if this show can get enough coverage and, and can get spoken about to enough people, that perhaps this might be the start of introducing more barbershop and more old-fashioned styles of music and giving them a new coat of paint and rebranding them for the modern age and introducing a new generation to this wonderful music.
0: A laudable ambition. My thanks to Ralph Warman and the whole team at Tom Brown School Days for letting me go behind the scenes to meet them. Uh, The play is on at the Union Theatre in Southwark until the 2nd of February 2020, and you'll find ticket information on the theatre website. And that's it from this special Harmony UK podcast feature. Uh, The next full-length podcast should be with you during February. I'm uh, planning a road trip about which I'll tell you more if you keep an eye on the podcast's Facebook and Twitter feeds. Until then, keep the whole world singing. From me, John Beasley, thank you for listening and bye-bye.